You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Giant Splash. I'm Henry Schulman, the Giants beat reporter for the Chronicle. I hope you're all well and staying safe. My guest today is Giants Executive Vice President Brian Sabian, who, as general manager, built the 2010 World Series championship team, the first in San Francisco history. The Giants were hoping to celebrate the 10th anniversary of that title. Those plans were put on hold along with the 2020 season. I caught up with Brian by phone from his home in Arizona. We talked about the contributions made by second baseman Freddie Sanchez, who is featured this week in the first of 10 interviews we plan to publish, featuring players from the 2010 team. I also asked Brian for his overall thoughts on 2010 and the issues involving the Giants and the game this year. We hope you enjoy the interview. Well, hello, Brian. Uh, how are you doing? How are you holding up in, the, uh, in this pandemic? I don't know if I've gone insane or uh, <laughs> it's day to day. Yeah. I think we're all in the same boat. It's not so much uh, being uh, away from baseball. It's just a total lifestyle change for everybody, no matter what age and where, where you're living or where you're from or what country you're in. It's, it's an amazing time. And, and you uh, all is well with, uh, with you and your children? Yes, yes, okay. we're uh, homeschooling, as you can imagine. Uh, the school year has been called off, so okay, each our, day uh-huh. is a new with their their uh, staying abreast. Okay, so are you uh, are you history and uh, English or math and science? I, I'm the enforcer. <laughs> okay. My wife's the same, and um, I'm called in when they get distracted or uh, it's not recess time yet. <laughs> okay. And, then I will facilitate recess. Okay. Well, uh, let's let's talk about the 2010 Giants. Uh, uh, I am. We're doing this uh, series. We're we're going to talk to 10 players uh, from the 2010 team on the 10th anniversary. The series launched with uh, Freddie Sanchez, uh, and uh, you know one of the interesting thing that, things that Freddie said. Well, I mean, we look at Freddie, and I think the fans look at Freddie as somebody who was such a key contributor because he was so good down the stretch. And one of the things that he said was that. Um, he, one of his big regrets is that uh, he wasn't able to do more for the Giants because of the shoulder injury that, and then ultimately the back injury that both forced him out of retirement. I'm wondering if he, wondering if he ever expressed that to you. Not that I recall. Um, I, I think in, in general, as we talk about the 10 season, including Freddie, um, you know, we had a ray of hope. We had a breakthrough year in 09 winning the 88 games and then, uh, you know, the pitching staff morphing with let's come over 200 innings as well as Kane, uh, Zito shy of that, uh, Sanchez, uh, kind of came into his own. And then you had, um, you know, the, the bullpen starting with, uh, Wilson and Affelt, especially in, in, uh, Romo, um, started turning the tide as to, um, you know, we became pitching rich, and I think as 
we morphed into the 10 team, uh, whether it was Freddie or people that uh, had been on the nine team, uh, I, I think we knew that uh, we, we were going to be very competitive and that pitching was going to carry the day. Yeah, and, you know, the uh, the genesis of the 2010 team, I mean, it, it goes, I'm sure, I mean, it really goes way back to the 2002 draft when you picked up Kane. But, you know, more immediately, 2007, Timmy Lincecum debuted. 2008, it was Pablo. And then in 9 and 10, at the end, we saw Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner. And, and throughout those years, specifically 9 and 10, uh, the sense at the time was that you guys overperformed uh, and maybe were a year ahead of where people thought. How accurate is that statement? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, what did we finish? Three games out of the wild card, I guess, in 09 with the 88 wins, and uh, we had to battle like hell to win 92 and 10. Um, I always looked at, uh, especially in our division, every year onto its own, but. Uh, you're right. The timing was good for a breakthrough uh, with Pavel st- starting in all nine, uh, and then Posey and, of course, Bumgarner in, in, in ten. So, um, you know, the, the youth met the uh, experienced veterans that we had uh, on the roster, and uh, you know, became a perfect fit. You know, uh, I, I think some folks in the press and in in the fan base are you know, kind of trying to equate what happened in eight, nine and 10 with what's going on now uh, with maybe uh, if all went right, the season we just had would be more of the equivalent of eight. Then you would have a, you know, perhaps a, a winning season next year or maybe the year after. And then, you know, uh, then on to the postseason once the youth is, is there. D- do you see any parallels at all yourself? I think if I could pick one, I guess as a historian, um, you know, there was a void in our minor league uh, prospect uh, production at that time. And as you know, I just stated the 10 team uh, was anchored by young pitching. And then 12 and 14, we had a breakthrough with, uh, you know, position players um, coming up through the ranks. And I think any time you go through the flat spot that we had or what we're experiencing now, a lot has to do with where your position as a minor league organization to help the major league team uh, with players from the system. Um, the ray of hope, obviously, now or as we speak, is that uh, the system and our prospect list is getting stronger by the day. Uh, although, having said that, we more or less have uh, a younger crop that's going to take some time, uh, and we have some guys that uh, should be certainly frontline or, or better than that, uh, you know, as things play out. Uh, you know, and the one issue that you didn't have in 2009 and 2010 was obviously the shutdown of baseball. Do you believe that uh, if the minor league season doesn't exist or is curtailed strongly that it really will push back uh, the Giants' rebuild by a year? I don't know about the rebuild, Henry, but just the, the mere thought of not having a minor league season, which I think is a real possibility, uh, is a little bit frightening. Um, you know, kids have to play. They need the at-bats. They need the uh, innings pitched. They need the games played. Um, it's it's a great question, but it, it does concern me. Uh-huh. And, um 
you know, the, the commissioner now has the authority to limit the draft to five rounds. I mean, I think that there's a perception out there that that's all settled. He has the, the right and the ability to do that if he wants. Have, have you gotten any more of an indication from within the sport what he's going to do about the draft? I have not. I, I think uh, rightfully so. He's close to the vest. I saw he made some statements today relative to putting this all in the hands of uh, the experts, which, uh, you know, every sport around the world has so far. So and, um, mm-hmm. I think it's a week at a time, a month at a time. I, I, I will say um, it's probably going to take something inventive or out of the box um, to get us back playing, and, and uh, I don't know how and when that's going to be, but I can understand why they have a lot of different uh, considerations, uh, you know, on the on the uh, front burner. I, and I'm going to ask you a little more about the, the specifics uh, about 2010, but, you know, one more thing in the now. Uh, you expressed gratitude to uh, President of Baseball Operations, Farhan Saidi, for uh, more than once for allowing you to maintain your, uh, you know, maintain a role as a, a special advisor. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he, he expressed how uh, your kind of counsel would be invaluable based on your experience. And I, I'm wondering if you've ever stopped to take the time to think that you might still be involved when this team, uh, if all goes well, has another sort of uh, rush toward contention and, as you guys hope, uh, sustained contention. Well, I, I think one of the reasons that at the end of the year, when I sat down with Farhan and then more so Rob Dean and Larry, uh, continue to continue with the organization is that uh, you know there's a lot of sweat equity involved as far as my commitment and loyalty to and with the organization, and I, I, I certainly uh, am here not only as a resource but uh, hopefully be around when we turn the corner. Or get to uh, our next playoff series. So um, I think it's a two-way street, and I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm a giant at heart. Uh, I've put a lot of, uh, including my family's put a lot of time into, uh, you know, wanting to be a part of the organization. And in this case, when, you know, you kind of have your career uh, end in one fashion, you have to reinvent yourself and, and try to be, available in other ways and that's just what uh, my aim is going into the future so to answer your question i'm very excited about what our prospects are including our young talent and i I think uh you know i I couldn't imagine a more um not necessarily difficult but challenging situation that farhan and his front office and and manager and coaching staff is not only in, in, you know, this odd year, but more so going back to last year where it was Boach's send-off. So he really hasn't had his chance to sink his teeth into this uh, to a greater extent or much like it was a shotgun start because there were challenges last year and there are certainly unknowns this year. Yeah, um, yeah, certainly uh, a challenge. I mean, it could be. Uh, his uh, third year out of uh, under contract before, uh, you know, you really start to see his hand uh, very much in the team. Now, I have a lot of specific questions about 2010, and I will ask you those right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Henry Shulman back with uh, Giants special assistant Brian Sabian. You know, the 2010 team did not win the division until the very last day of the season. I mean, the, the whole torture element came into play when you had all you had to do was win one game in a three-game series at home against the Padres, uh, to, and you had it was the last day that you did it, which, you know, just makes me wonder if there was ever a time in 2010 where you kind of looked at that team and said, you know what, uh, we have the pitching here. This, this team, if we just get in, could make a sustained run, or did it take you more by surprise? No, I, I think what we knew uh, that uh, we were onto something is as uh, San Diego was spiraling down and in the midst of the losing streak, we, we did our business at hand. Uh, I think we saw the opportunity, and to your point, uh, by that time in the season, we were locked in from the pitching side, and we had added uh, specialists and Ramirez and, and Lopez, and that certainly uh, made us more formidable. So um, I think we had a general good feeling and a sense of confidence. Now, I will say that, uh, you know, as you know, when you're facing a playoff game in San Diego, if you lose that Sunday, uh, there were there – were, uh, you know, in the back of your head, uh, A, can you finish this thing off and not have to go to the playoff game or the what if of having to go through a playoff game. But uh, the pitching certainly, especially as you uh, finish the season or uh, enter the postseason, is is what uh, you're concerned the most about is, is as to the strength of it, the depth of it, et cetera. Yeah, you know, I, I talked to Pat Burrell for this series of Q&As. I believe that that one will run next week. And, and he said that his impression when he got there was that uh, nobody is really going to be able to beat this pitching, especially after the trade that you made, the trades that you made in midseason for the bullpen that you just um, alluded to. And he, he said he knew from an early time that if this was a team that could score three or four runs uh, a game, that you had a chance to win every night. That's kind of been a theme throughout the championships uh, era. I'm just wondering uh, how much you feel that Burl himself was a, a reason that you were able to win those kinds of games. The, uh, maybe maybe a, another way to ask it is, how did you view his impact on the team? Well, interesting enough, whether it was him uh, and then almost 100 games uh, when he came to us, uh, whether it's OPS or it's timely hitting, including in RBI situations, him team with Huff, uh, Uribe, uh, really gave us some competitive professional at-bats that I think everybody fed off of. Then you get a professional hitter, um, you know, like Sanchez, Buster bursting onto the scene, uh, you know, Pablo for a while uh, was in the middle of uh, contributing. So, we did have enough to score the proverbial three-plus runs, and we knew if uh, we got the four, we were going to be very uh, 
tough to beat. You know, we had well over 50 saves with Wilson having 48. And I, I think we were we were anchored on the one hand by the, the starting pitching and then how we turned things over the bullpen. And then uh, 48 saves, especially as, as things were winding down or late in the year uh, from Wilson uh, was a godsend. You know, maybe you can uh, finally, once and for all and forever, um, put this uh, notion either to rest or confirm it. Uh, you picked up Cody Ross on a waiver claim uh, and that uh, you were not really expecting the Miami Marlins or then the Florida Marlins to let him go. You were just trying to claim him so that the Padres wouldn't get him. Uh, and it, it just worked out, uh, it, you know, kismet. It just worked out that he was a big contributor down the stretch. What was the real story? I think you probably hit the nail on the head. It, it was strategic, uh, not only San Diego, but uh, we were in the position of being in the driver's seat. And, uh, you know, when you put in a claim, you really do want to forecast um, in getting a player uh, if that turns out that way. Um, and we had no idea that the, the Marlins would give him up without trying to consummate a trade. Uh, but what the impact may be, not only on the ball club, but more so your payroll. So I think it was just, uh, you know, our position uh, being behind San Diego and that he was a serviceable uh, player that was out there on, on waivers, and we would have been derelict in duty if we hadn't acclaimed him. And, of course, he hits two home runs uh, off the late Roy Halladay in the first two games of the uh, – I'm sorry, in the first game of the National League championship series in Philly and as we've seen I mean we've both been around a long time so many times in the postseason uh, the heroes are, are the guys you don't you don't think about uh, and then you go to the World Series in game one I mean it was it went off to such a bad start then you have a guy like Sanchez who hit three doubles in that game had four hits uh, going back to the NLCS Ross is uh, I believe he was named the MVP World Series Edgar Renteria you know a guy who had been uh, stuck with injuries um, you know, ends up being the hero, hitting the the home run, uh, alongside the pitching being the heroes, um, and uh, it's such a crapshoot. Um, I'm just wondering if there were, you know, as you went ahead in the World Series, where you, uh, you know, you took a 2-0 lead at home, uh, lost the next game, then won to go three, go up three one. Was there ever a time in Texas during that World Series where you thought, you know what, we're going to do this? Well, I think Bum's game, you know, certainly opened everybody's eyes. And, and we, you know, we had a lot of wind in our sails after beating uh, Philadelphia and surviving, not having to go to Game 7. Um, and I, I think once we slayed that dragon, uh, our players knew what uh, they were capable of. Now, to your point, we very much so needed – timely hitting to go along with that good pitching. And I think, you know, the, the, the veteran pedigree helped the uh, competitiveness uh, of the team or the camaraderie certainly uh, helped. And um, maybe the biggest surprise would be, uh, you know, winning it on the road in Texas um, and, and shutting down such an offensive team. You know, much like uh, 12 in, in uh, regards to the D Detroit series. Yeah, you that, that started a trend of clinching World Series on the road. All, all three of them were. Um, 
you know, I, I, I ask sometimes what, pe what exactly goes through people's minds when uh, they, they actually see the clinching, you know, when you see Brian Wilson strike out Nelson Cruz. But, I mean, I think pretty much everybody has the same reaction. It's usually a little shock and, you know, followed by uh, a, a little bit of, uh, you know, then the excitement comes in. But I remember another instant, like maybe two hours after that, and we were still in the clubhouse. And, uh, you know, you were, you were drenched and uh, Boach was drenched and you were all in his office. It was you and Bochi, and really it wasn't the players. The players had their own celebration, but it was you and Bochi and some of your lieutenants, some of the scouts who made it happen. I really more want to know what your what was going on in that room, what the conversation was like, if you remember. Well, it was a collective exhale and almost uh, you know, um, you know, with me starting a new organization in 1993, the heartache. And, uh, you know, the Game 7 loss in, in Anaheim in the 2002 World Series. And and a lot of people, as, as you know, front office, uh, on the coaching staff, including Boach, have been around the block in the game. And uh, you invest so much, and there only can be one winner each year. And I thought uh, a couple times we really had a chance to uh, – do it before 2010 with other teams and it just didn't happen and you know for whatever reason the baseball gods gave us the opportunity and we were able to uh, take advantage of it and finish it off okay and i'm gonna save the toughest question for last do you have any idea where juan uribe is that's a hell of a question <laughs> because uh, he certainly had a great year he did um and it was a big a big part of uh you know that ball club in, in in so many ways. He he was an interesting guy because uh, he really loved to play. He came to play every day. Um, very very unheralded, uh, in my estimation, not only on on that roster but what he contributed. And just strong enough to hit an opposite field home run to win the pennant for you, Brian. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that came. That game certainly uh, I, I look back on, and, and uh, if you ever needed to win a game to prevent uh, you know, a real tough scenario, uh, the next day was that game especially. And, uh, again, I, I, I really thought us you know, knocking Philly out um, gave us a lot of confidence moving forward into the World Series. And, Which you, you won. Know, by that, yeah. By that time, I don't. I don't think our, our, our pitching uh, really was afraid of playing any anybody or pitching against anybody we were going to face. And you won the World Series in five games to start the celebration, Brian. I want to thank you for joining me on the Giant Splash. I wish you and your family well, and I hope we're all able to go outside and watch some baseball soon. Mike Rice, Henry, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Giant Splash. You can read my interview with Freddie Sanchez at sfchronicle.com slash sports slash Giants and look for another interview with a 2010 Giant next week. The Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support the Splash and all of the Chronicle's great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.